You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. It wasn't but two weeks ago I preached uh, from John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Let me stop here just for a second. I want to say thank you for being here. I was driving in today, and I know that it was, it was nasty, and it's cold, and it's wet. I prayed for you all this morning. I prayed for guests and visitors to come. and I believe God is pleased that you are here this morning. I know that you're tired. I know that you're cold. I know that uh, you, were, you may have been discouraged this morning. I know that you may be carrying some burdens on your heart. But God is pleased this morning that you are here. And I want to say thank you as your pastor for being here. God so loved the world. I told you then uh, I could never grow tired of preaching about the love of God, and I meant it. So with today being We Love Our Church Sunday, how could I preach on anything else than God's love? So let's go ahead and have a word of prayer here. I want to preach on love at first sight. Love at first sight. Lord, I ask that you would watch over us this morning as Brother Rusty prayed. Lord, if there are any who do not know you as Savior, that they would trust in you today. Lord, that souls would be saved, that lives would be changed, that Christians would be drawn nearer to you because of your love for us. We thank you, Lord, for your love. And we ask that we would take just a little bit of time this morning to look at your love for us and that we would understand it just a little bit better. We ask this in your name. Amen. Every person here this morning, from the youngest to the oldest, you have a hundred things clamoring for your attention right now. Uh, everywhere you go, every step you take, every morning that you wake up, all the way until you slip off into unconsciousness, things are clamoring for your attention. You have your career, homework. Man, homework. How many of you guys still have homework to do? Yes? Well, even adults, how many of you have homework right now that is hanging over your head? No? Yes? Yes? Oh my goodness. You know what? Just tell them. Your pastor said, uh, no homework. Okay? Just no homework. No, not you. Not you. Okay? Not you, because I actually have control over this. But everyone else, just give them a slip. Okay? Just tell them, no, my pastor said, just religious freedom. Okay? You got it? You got it? Okay. Awesome. So I know it. You're here this morning, and you got your homework over you. You've got your family You've got your uh, friends, you've got errands, you've got a leak in your faucet. How many of you have a leak in your faucet at home right now? I've got a leak in my faucet. Well, yes, Miss Tracy, we, yes. I know, we have a leak. You have honeydew lists, don't you? Yes. Television is clamoring for your attention. Bills, billboards, your friend named Bill, your friend named whatever his name is. Health concerns, the laundry, the dishes, your spouse, the gift that you forgot to buy for your spouse today that is hanging I just saw elbows being thrown. Oh, man, we should give an invitation right now. This is bad. As long as there are stripes and divisions among you, are you not carnal? Wow. Aches and pains, sales at stores, upcoming events, sports seasons, all of it, all of it is screaming, Look at me. Look at me. Give me your attention. Well, this passage right here so long ago, 
John is saying the same thing. In chapter 3, verse 1, Behold! And all I wish to do during this message is what John did so long ago to, to cause us to take just a few minutes together to behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. That's what we're going to do this morning. Now, to behold is more than just a passing look. Gentlemen, when you're sitting on the couch, you're reading or you're watching, and your wife walks in and she has a new outfit, and she says, honey, how do I look in this outfit? And you go, yeah, sure does, honey. That is not beholding. I do not think of the word behold when I hear that. I think of the word beware, okay? That is not beholding. It is more than just a glance. Find any child in a toy store or a candy aisle, and you will see what it means to behold something. Their eyes get wide. I'm doing it as best I can. All right. Their eyes get wide looking at everything, taking in all the colors, the possible tastes, you know, everything that is beholding. Find any lady in Bath and Body Works, and you will find out what it means to behold something. I hate that store. I'm sorry. I am righteously indignated against that store. Because every time we walk by, oh, they're having a sale. They're always having a sale. Like Hobby Lobby. I'm going to Hobby Lobby because they have a 40% coupon. They, they always, and they're getting rid of that now, aren't they? This is a sad day in America. But Bath and Body Works always has a sale, and every time a lady sees a sale, 25% off, I think that's a good deal. Men think that's 75% more than we were going to spend. Right? We just went to the gun show a couple, couple weeks ago, and we were doing a Bible giveaway. But we were at the gun show, and we were there with uh, Brother Rusty, Cole, Brother Darren, uh, Brother Josh, who else was there? Brother Mark, Jeremy, and Brother Dotson. Brother Dotson comes to the table, and he sets all the stuff down, and he says, I'll be right back. Brother Dotson was going to behold. And then all of us took our turn beholding, wishing we would be holding those weapons, right? <laughs> To behold entails taking time to observe, to look deeply, to study. I remember seeing Miss Tracy for the first time. I can still go back to the spot that I was sitting up in the balcony. The pulpit was here. I was up there on the right, and she was sitting down here, about where you were at, Brother William. And I was sitting next to my, my best friend growing up, Curtis, and he said, yeah, poor Tracy. I was like, who's Tracy? And all she said is, she... So-and-so is talking with Tracy right now, and that so-and-so name was, yeah, poor Tracy, right? But I didn't know who Tracy was. And he pointed down and he said, that's Tracy. And there is the most beautiful lady I've ever seen. Miss Tracy was sitting right behind her. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Oh, man. You know when you've messed up. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to walk over here for a little bit. No. <laughs> it was Miss Tracy. It was Miss Tracy. I could not, I couldn't stop staring. 
I couldn't stop staring at her. That's what it means to behold something. Was it love at first sight? I'm going to get myself in more trouble here. I have never experienced love at first sight, okay? I think the closest I've ever gotten to love at first sight was when Whataburger came out with their Dr. Pepper shake. But I was very disappointed. Um, I tell our teens, if you think something's love at first sight, take a second look, okay? Now, before you feel, before I, no, 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 don't feel bad. I asked Miss Tracy about this. I said, Miss Tracy, and she didn't know that I was going to bring this up today. I said, do you believe in love at first sight? Nope. Okay. <laughs> yeah, without skipping a beat. And she said, now, I do believe that God can give you clarity at first sight. I do believe that the Lord, you can look at somebody and the Lord can say, that is the person that you're going to marry. I said, oh, is that what happened with you and I? Nope. <laughs> Oh, man. But I, I will tell you, I do believe in love at first sight. I do. Because when I read my Bible, I see that God loved me at first sight. And God loved you at first sight. And I want to prove that to you this morning, if I can get back uh, to not shaking. Okay. I'm sorry, honey. I love you. I do. 100%. God loved you at first sight. I want to prove this by saying, first of all, Remember what you were. I want us to be reminded of what we were. It's so easy to read over it in this verse, but I have it circled in my Bible, one word circled in 1 John 3, verse 1, so that I never miss it again. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we. We? Of all his creation, we, of all of the things that God could have bestowed his love upon, of all the subjects, he could have bestowed his love upon the stars and the planets and the galaxies that shine and show forth his handiwork and gladly declare his glory. He could have bestowed his love upon the mountains that tower over this earth in grandeur and majesty, and yet they would cast themselves into the sea if the Lord told them to. He could have bestowed his love on the valleys that flourish with life and beauty at his command. He could have bestowed his love upon the animals that have never once had the audacity to rebel against their creator. The birds sing at God's bidding. The fish swim at his direction. The lion never hunts without his permission. The bear hibernates and wakes when the Lord tells him to. He could have chosen to bestow his love upon anything in existence. The Bible says he created all things and for his pleasure they are and were created. But behold, he didn't choose any of those things. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we, we, who came forth from our mother's womb speaking lies. We, who are altogether unlovely. Again, thinking back to when Miss Tracy and I first started talking. Everything about her was lovely. Her heart, her smile, her laugh, her words. She, she was the only girl who could get me to laugh. Her humor her kindness. I couldn't help but love her. But when I think about what I was, 
when God first saw me? Think about what you were when God first saw you. He saw a mind that was filled with wicked imaginations. He saw eyes that wandered in lust. He saw ears that listened to the devil's temptations. He saw a tongue that was a world of iniquity and set on fire of hell. He saw a neck that was stiff, shoulders and backs that were turned against him, a heart that was deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. He saw arms that held on to lies and hands that wearied themselves in works of vanity. He saw legs that kicked against the pricks of his convictions. He saw feet that followed in the counsel of the ungodly. He saw a spirit that was dead, a life that was headed for ruin. But behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. He looked beyond all of that and saw a soul. A soul that would die and go to hell for all of eternity if he didn't do something about it. And even though our past was damaged and our present was discouraged, he bestowed great love upon you and I so that we could have a future that was bright. He loved us even though we were what we were. Romans 5, 7, and 8 says this, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just take a minute to behold what manner of love it must take in order to love sinners such as we. And love at first sight, no less. Even though we despised and rejected his own son by choosing to rebel instead of repent. Love at first sight, even though we were what we were. A song says this, Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise, for it was grace that brought my liberty. I'll never know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my faults and saw my needs. Love at first sight. Love great enough to send his own son to die for me. But for 13 years of my life, I ran from that love. Some of you are running right now. You know you are. Are you running because you're thinking, why would God love me? How could God love a sinner such as I? Why would Jesus die for me? But if we're going to behold what manner of love, you need to understand, Jesus has never seen a sinner that was too lost to save. He's never seen a sinner that was too damaged to repair. He's never seen a sinner that was too far to reach. He's never seen a sinner that was too hard to break. He's never seen a sinner that was too stubborn to change. Some of you are giving him a run for his money. He's never seen a sinner too dirty to cleanse. He's never seen a sinner that he didn't love, even though they were what they were. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. July 6, 2004 was the day of my salvation, the day I stopped running. That could be your day today. You can call on him today, be forgiven of all your sin. The weight of the world can come off of your shoulders. You can know you're going to heaven when you die because he loves you enough to save you just as you are. He loves you, even though you are what you are. But it gets, his, it gets even better. He loves us enough 
to make us into something new. Look at what we were. And look at what we are now. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we, that we should be called the sons of God? What manner of love is that? <laughs> Explain that love. From sinners to sons of God. What kind of love does it take to turn a sinner into a son? I want you to imagine a father who had an only son. And that father loved that boy with all of his heart. He raised him. He taught him. He accumulated an inheritance for him. But then one day that son was killed by another man. And that man stood trial and was found guilty. And he was sentenced to death. But before that man was taken away, he looked at the father of that boy and said, I'm sorry. Sorry for what I've done. Would you please forgive me? What manner of love would it take for that father to look into the eyes of the one who killed his boy and say, judge, let him go. I forgive him. What manner of love then would it take, what greater love still, to look at the one who was the reason his son is dead and say, I not only forgive you, but I wish to adopt you. I'll never mention your crime again. It's forgiven and it's forgotten. Come and live with me. I want you to be my son. And one day, the inheritance that I had for my boy, I'm going to give to you. What manner of love would that take? And church, that doesn't even come close to the love that God shed upon you and I. That doesn't even come close. That we should be the sons of God? We? The guilty? The takers? The offenders? The scoffers? The blasphemers? We? The sinners? We? The reason that Jesus had to die in the first place? Nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross. You know that. Your sin and my sin held him there. We pierced him. We mocked him. We scourged him. He was bruised for our iniquities. And yet God loved us even though we were what we were. And he loved us so much he changed us into what we are. John 1.12, But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. What manner of love to make an offender an offspring? A criminal a child. A sinner against God to a son of God. What manner of love to change us from convicted to converted? From guilty to forgiven, from eternal damnation to eternal security, from death to life. There was a man named Saul who lived his life as a murderer, but God loved him enough to save him as he was, and he changed him from a murderer to a messenger. He lived his life as a blasphemer, and God changed him into a believer. He lived his life as a persecutor. God changed him into a preacher. He lived his life as an adversary. And God changed him into an apostle. And Paul said this about it. I am the least of the apostles, that I'm not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But, 
God loves you enough to put a but in your life too. Paul says, look at what I was. I was a murderer, a blasphemer, a persecutor, the chiefest of sinners. But God loved me, and now by the grace of God, I am what I am. And you could go, you could find people everywhere, all over this world right now, and they could tell you, let me tell you what I was. Let me tell you what I was. I was, I was a drunk. I was a gambler. I was a partier. I was a whoremonger. I was a blasphemer. I was a drug addict. I was a prostitute. I was a criminal. I was a murderer, a liar, a sinner of sinners. But he loved me as I was. And he forgave me of all my sin and he freed me of all my bondage. And by God's grace and love, I am not what I used to be. People could say that all over the world today. What manner of love to love me when I was what I was? What manner of love to change me into what I am? Am I still a sinner? Yes. Do I still sin? Yes. But because of his love for me, when God looks at me, he doesn't see a sinner. He sees his son. Friend, when you stand before God one day, he will either see you as a sinner or he'll see you as a son. So if you were to stand before him today, what would he see? If you've never believed in Jesus to be your savior, you still are what I was. And it's not until you realize what you are that you will see your need to change. Now, there's, therein lies an issue because many people see their need to change, but then they try to make that change without Jesus. Whenever somebody takes time to realize what you are, you are a sinner, a sinner of sinners, the blackest of sinners, the worst of sinners. If you are going to pray, Lord, get rid of the evil in this world, you're first. I'm first. And when we see what we truly are, you have to admit something's got to give. Something's got to change. Because if there is a God, and Jesus is who he says he is, something's got to change. Because I am not ready to stand before him. And then people start, well, I'll change myself. No, 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 no. No. If you're sick and you realize my health needs to change, go to the doctor. Don't get, no, I'll get better myself and then I'll go to the doctor. What? That doesn't make any sense. Go to the doctor. That's what he's there for. You have to come to the only one who has the love and the grace to change a sinner into a son. Religion doesn't have that. The works of your own righteousness doesn't have that. The Father has that. The Father bestows that kind of love. And Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's telling that to his disciples who are going to be dealing with, with Pharisees and Sadducees and all these people who are, why do I need a Savior when I give a sacrifice? 
Why do I need a, why do I need to be the temple of the Lord if the temple of the Lord is here in Jerusalem? You better tell those people if they want to come to the Father, they have to come through me. And that's still our job today. People are trying to get through on religion, get through on good works, get through on charity, all those different things. Jesus said, no, no, no. I am the way. You want that love bestowed from the Father? You got to come through me. Think about what we were and yet God loved us. Think about what we are because of God's love. But even better still, think about what we shall be. We'll read it again. Look in verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. And that's just a call back to one of the things that Jesus told them in the upper room. Marvel not if the world hates you. Verse 2. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John, tell us how much God loved us. He would say he loved you at first sight. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us to love us even when we were what we were to make us into what we are. But John, what shall we be? And what's his answer? I don't know. I'm not sure. But I do know this. We will be like him. For we will see him as he is. Sometimes I feel like my entire life is a constant reminder of how much I fail to be like him. Every pain in my body, every ache in my back. I have the, I have the back of a 70-year-old wrestler. Every strain, every illness, every feeling of exhaustion reminds me of the sin that has brought death to my body. Every idle word, every yielding to temptation, every loss of my temper... Every wayward thought, every failure to obey, every choice to ignore the Bible reminds me of how much I am not like him. He was in every way perfect. He did all things well, the people said. He was without sin. He never misspoke. He never made a mistake. He never needed a do-over. He never disobeyed. He was always right where he was supposed to be. He is all the things that we are not. But one day, because of God's great love, you will be just like him. No more pain. No more sickness. No more vaccines. No more politicians. No more sorrow. No more sin nature. I need to do a study on heaven. When, you, when people think of heaven, they think of this place up in the clouds with these angels flying around and little arrows. That's not, it's not the heaven in the Bible. Realize that. We are going to live on this earth, a new earth, Well, not this earth, but a new earth, a new heaven, a new Jerusalem that connects where God is to where we are. Children of God will have freedom to go 
in and out to drink of the water of life freely. We'll have glorified bodies. There's going to be work to do. We'll be able to serve the Lord with each other in imperfection. No more temptation. No more any of that. We, we think heaven is just, I, I talked to somebody the other day. He said, I'm an atheist. The one that I talked to for about two minutes and said, oh, I guess I'm not. Okay. And he was like, you know, heaven sounds to me a lot like slave labor. Because it's just eternity of do this and do that and worship and holy, holy, holy and holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. And he's sitting there behind his desk working for a company. I said, do you enjoy what you do here? Yeah. Does it feel like work to you? No. Like, so you're telling me (laughs) you're sitting behind a shabby desk working nine to five, making $20, $25 an hour for a sinful man and a sinful company that could at any day just say, we don't like you anymore, boot. But you're perfectly happy. You don't see this as slave labor. You have no idea how much God loves you, and you have no idea how much we are supposed to love God. And one day we will be just like him. He will love us. Our love will be perfected. It's, it's going to be awesome. In fact, look at the Holy Ghost. John is writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, isn't he? Right? And so... John, tell them what they were. Well, they're sinners, wicked, vile, wretched, and yet God still loved them. Tell them what they are. Sinners are now sons of God. John, they're probably going to want to know what they shall be. And I can see them. All right, Holy Spirit, tell me. Tell them it doth not yet appear. Do you think the Holy Spirit didn't know the answer? But he knew our little pea brains, if, if he would have gone, this is exactly how heaven is going to be. There's even things in Revelation where John goes to write it and an angel says, nope, don't write that down. You, we have no clue. We have no clue how amazing it's going to be, how perfect it's going to be. And think about that we get to be in the presence of God who were sinners against God. What manner of love is that? And the Holy Spirit just says, tell them this. Tell them they'll be like him. And tell them they'll see him. The one who died for them. And that'll be enough. Oh yeah, more than enough. In fact, even if I didn't have the, um, even if I did have pain and sorrow and all of those different things, heaven would still be heaven for me because I get to see him. How deep the Father's love for us, how vast beyond all measure, that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss, the Father turns his face away, as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold what we were, never forget it. Never forget what you were when Jesus saw you, and yet he loved you. Never forget what you are in Christ. Never forget what you shall be. In verse 3, what does it say? Every man that hath this hope in him, you're going to live like it. Purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You believe one day you're going to live for all of eternity with Jesus? 
that should affect how we live now. We should be different. We should be holy. We should be righteous. Are we going to fall? Yes, we're sinners. But because of God's love, you're a son of God. Live like it. Tell other people. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.